now we welcome on Jazz Sanctuarian and stand-up comedian Brad Monkell into the studio. Hello, Brad. Hey, Kalen. So who'd you bring with you this week? I brought in the very funny Michael Gregg to join me today, so glad to be uh, talking Hello, with him. Michael. Welcome to the show, Michael. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, if, uh, just before we get started here, uh, Mike's got some upcoming gigs, uh, February 24th at the Fairways of Half Moon, March 8th at the Foothill Civic Center in Oneonta, and March 9th he has a, uh, a veterans fundraiser at the American Legion Hall in Lansingburg. Um, Mike, it's great to talk to you, man. I mean, I feel like we haven't really gotten to sit down and I've gotten to pick your brain a little bit, but, uh, you know, you're one of the most experienced comics in the area, gig a bunch of all throughout the year, and it's uh, it's good to have you here talking about it. Um, I, I guess I haven't really gotten to ask you before. How long have you been doing comedy? Uh, altogether, I've been doing it 16 years. 16 years? Okay. Yeah, but I took a little break. Yeah. I was, I was on the road actually trying to make a living at it in the 80s and uh, went broke. So then I, I took some time off and uh, then came back about 11, 12 years ago. Very cool. Um, well, uh what I guess I'm curious to ask, you know, uh, when you first start, when about like what year did you start? I started in March of 1986 in Houston. Uh, I was uh, working out of the comedy workshop down there, the Comics Annex, they called it. Yeah, that was Comics Annex uh, with Janine Garofalo oh, and, awesome. and yeah. Bill Hicks and uh, they were they were working out of Houston and the, the Outlaws of Comedy uh, were 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 huge and I was just doing the open mic stuff. Wow. Um, so I, I guess a, a funny place to start with, uh, you know, talking about like early career stuff is, um, you know, do you have any stuff that you look back on from like when you first started as a comedian where you're like, what was I thinking with that routine or like? Oh, I, I do that now, but but <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I started doing stand up when I was twenty three years old. And uh, so every joke was just about awkward sexual experiences and getting drunk and just making fun of people. Um, I was horribly dirty, uh, yeah. just just R-rated, pushing on every boundary I possibly could as far as being vulgar. And I didn't think that that would go well after I decided I wanted a more professional career, and it didn't occur to me until a dozen years ago that I could probably just rewrite everything clean. You know, I had to get rid of a lot of dirty material, a lot of dirty jokes, a lot of, a lot of bad dirty jokes. <laughs> so would you say now you mostly work clean? or uh, Cleaner. Well, I mean, cleaner. Yeah, yeah, way cleaner. I would describe myself more as a PG-13, you know, whereas I was, my cleanest joke was PG-13. I was just, uh, just, just, Silly jokes, just yeah. silly, silly, and yeah, pushing envelopes, pushing pushing boundaries, and and uh, on the envelope. There you go. That's that's what I wanted to say. Was it like more? I guess you know people can get a little uppity about you know uh, darker humor now, but it's definitely more common to hear dark things in today's society. Like back then, was it easier to push certain buttons? Would people like freak out about certain things faster? I think. Well, the outlaws of comedy were always doing jokes that were pushing, uh, you know, dark side. Uh, like I said, I was working with Bill Hicks, and Bill Hicks was close friends with uh, Sam Kinison, who also mm -hmm. started in the same club that I had started at. But Sam had already moved out to L.A. So, I mean, if you want to get an idea of what the the vibe of the comedy was, Sam Kinison definitely represented what 
Texas comedy was in the 80s. Okay. You yeah, know, yeah. He, he's screaming at people and and uh, uh, just, yeah, none of that stuff. All the jokes would be canceled now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when did you, I guess, first start working the comedy scene up here in upstate New York? Uh, that would have been around 2012, 2013. I, I started uh, thinking to myself that I'd like to get back into it. I've got kids who are in their 20s now, but back then they were just getting to the age where I didn't feel like I was abandoning my wife with small children. And I'd start doing the open mics. And um, uh, like I said, I had to rewrite everything. So it was it was kind of like starting from scratch. I, I had the experience of being on stage, but I couldn't do jokes about getting lucky with the girl in the back seat of my car now. I, I, I mean, I, that just doesn't play when you get to a certain point. Uh, it's, I'm a different person. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess um, what I'm curious to hear in, in, your, in the new stretch of comedy in upstate New York is, you know, comedians are characters. So you see so many, like, very over-the-top personas at open mics and, and at shows. So, what from ever your, do you mean? <laughs> in, the, in your years in the upstate New York comedy scene, do you have any particular, like, favorite characters you've witnessed at these open mics, whether they're short-lived or long-lived or any that you care to mention? Uh, I mean, characters come on both sides of the mic. So, I mean, the comics are, everybody, every guy, every person who's doing stand-up, you know, has their own vibe and and you know you try to pick that that bandwidth that you're going to be and if you can identify your bandwidth uh you know that kind of comic and what your genre of comedy is if you can identify a character then then you're gold but i don't just mean like character in the sense of like they have found their voice in comedy i mean i saw a guy go up uh last week for his first time at an open mic and he put on a luchador mask that okay. was his. That was part of his act. <laughs> like, well, I, I mean, you know, uh, Ed Ed Smythe, uh, who is yep, in the area that. now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he showed up one time. Um, I think bringing in the New Year wearing a sash and a diaper. Uh, <laughs> so you know, that's not common for Ed, but it was a nice look, and I've got photos to show that he did it. So I, I'm happy about that. Sounds sexy. Send me those photos. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, you know, let's see. I remember one time someone came in yelling gun at an open mic, and uh, so a lot of us scrambled, but the person who was running that open mic started yelling at the person who yelled gun, and it's like, no, you're not going to interrupt my open mic. So there was, a, there was a confrontation where the person yelling gun uh, had to back down from a screaming redheaded woman, you know, so... That was, that was an interesting. Fun. It was an interesting switch. Fun. Uh, I've done open mics where fights have broken out during the show, and you know, I remember just you know being on stage, just watching two guys just punching each other. So you know, those those are both times in Syracuse. So no. Oh, great. okay, yeah, Syracuse. That's Syracuse. I, I do open mics as many <laughs> as careful. I can. So I'll, yeah. I've done open mics in Buffalo, Syracuse, Rochester, here in the Capital Region. Um, I've done open mics downstate in the Hudson Valley and, you know, down around New York City. And yeah, I used to do a bunch of open mics before COVID. I would go down to the city and grab some time down there, which is, again, a different vibe, different Yeah. People. I mean, is, I guess, is, do any of those areas in particular have the most, like the biggest span of, of characters? You know what I mean? Like it gets the most out there. The closer you get to New York City, the more interesting the characters get. And that's always, that's been true when I was doing stand-up in the 80s. 
in, in the early '90s, and 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 now it's just you know there's this there's just this. I used to I used to do open mics when I was in the '80s. I used to do open mics with Kevin James, and uh, before wow. Kevin yeah, James yeah. became you know huge. And, you know, I mean, you could see, when you look at what he is now and you look at what he was doing as an open mic, I mean, there's an evolution. You don't, no one starts off and has it all defined as far as, you know, what their voice is going to be. You, the voice comes yeah. over time. It's funny mentioning Kevin James. Actually, I had a bit I was working on. I'm curious to get your opinion on this because I saw recently on, uh, on country music television CMT, they have the King of Queens on now. That wasn't like a country show like no. twenty years no, ago. No, but, right? but it's got that. It's got a family vibe, you know. Well, uh, it's but I feel like it's transitioned now. That's considered like the conservative end. I feel like if a show came out now called King of Queens, that would be like a spinoff of RuPaul's Drag Race, right? <laughs> all right, all right, bit over. All right, let's. There you go. Uh, we do got to wrap it up here. Oh, um, I see what thank you did you there. So, <laughs> thank you so much for joining, Mike. Um, once again, you can catch Mike at the Fairways of Half Moon on February 24th, March 8th at the Foothill Civic Center in Oneonta, and March 9th at the Vets Fundraiser at the American Legion Hall in Lansingburg. Uh, is there anywhere people should check you out online? Uh, like, MichaelGregg.com. M-I-K-A-E-L. M-I-K-A-E-L-G-R-E-G-G. Yeah, two Gs. Three Gs, actually, if you count them all. Well, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Mike. It's great to talk to you here. Thank you very much. And thanks for having us, Kalen. You're all welcome. And, and thanks, Sina. Brad Munkel and <laughs> Michael Gregg, for talking with us today. Thank you for having both of us again. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. No, no, thank you. <laughs>